Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter number 5. And if you're a guest with us, uh, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, we have been going through the book of Ephesians. We started last year, uh, Ephesians chapter number 1. And I don't know, we may finish before the Lord returns. We'll find out. Uh, but if you, if you are a guest with us, um, after the service uh, today, we'll have um, a uh, table fellowship, and we encourage you to stay. It's just a great way to uh, meet some of the other uh, people here and uh, just enjoy some fellowship together. And uh, we're going to look here, Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, verse number 20 is where we're going to be. And in, in preparation for this, um, the Lord kind of reminded me of some things. One of the, one of the occupational hazards that uh, you have as, as being a, a teacher of the word or um, a preacher of the word is sometimes the Lord will remind you of things that you're doing that you're going to be speaking on. And um, several times in my life, I have been in the habit or have been doing uh, this thing that uh, Paul is going to talk about in the matter of complaining. And uh, do you ever find yourself complaining? Say that all of us have found us in, in, that, uh, in that time, one, one, way, one way, form or another. And, you know, I find that when we complain, when I complain, that really I'm being an unthankful person because I'm not thankful for what God has given me or what God has gifted to me, but I'm finding fault with something else and I am not being thankful uh, to what God has given me. And, you know, I often find myself complaining when things don't go my way or the way that I think that they should go or the way that things that I think should happen. That's when I often find myself complaining. But if I'm going to be a spirit-filled believer is what we've been talking about here in Ephesians chapter 5 um, in these verses and context. If I'm going to be a spirit-filled believer, then I am going to be a thankful person. I'm not going to be complaining all the time. And, you know, as children of God, I believe, um, you know, God has blessed us with so many things. I mean, that's what we read about in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. He's blessed us uh, with all these spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And we have all of these spiritual blessings in Christ. And so why do we complain? Why do we find ourselves so unthankful or ungrateful for what uh, God has given us, the goodness that he has uh, showed upon us? Um, we've already seen in these uh, previous verses in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 4, uh, that Paul gives this uh, command to be thankful uh, in reference to those that are practicing sexual immorality. The cure for sexual immorality is actually to be a thankful person. And Paul talks about that. And so we should be a thankful person because that'll help us with our greed. That'll help us with our filthy talk, our impurity. But why would Paul have to remind us again here in Ephesians chapter 5.20 to be thankful? And I believe because we aren't. We aren't thankful people. I mean, just a few verses, he says, be thankful. And then a few verses on down the line, he tells us again, be thankful. 
because we aren't thankful people. We complain about the most idiotic things in life. It's too cold out. It's too hot out. Burger King didn't make it my way. (laughs) Fill in the blank. We complain. We're very prone to complain and grumble. And as we're going to look at this uh, portion of uh, the scripture here, this text, let me me give you a little brief recap of kind of what we've been looking at. Ephesians 1 through 3, talking about who we are in Christ, everything that we are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, how he's blessed us, how he's just lavished upon us spiritual blessings. And then Paul makes the connection with the word therefore beginning in chapter number 4. Therefore, because of all these things... Therefore, this is how you are supposed to live now. This is how you're actually supposed to live out what you are in Christ Jesus already. And so specifically here in Ephesians 5, we are commanded to be spirit-filled believers. And we, are, we will know that we are spirit-filled because he gives us three things. One, we'll be singing and speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to ourselves and others, as we looked at uh, last week that Jesse spoke on. Secondly, we'll be thankful. That's what we're going to look at today. But then thirdly, we'll elevate others more important than ourselves. And that has to do with submission to one another. That has to do with our relationships with husband and wife. That has to do with our relationship with our children. That has to do with our relationship with our, uh, our bosses. So these are all evidences of being spirit-filled. So if you're going to be a thankful person... You will be a spirit-filled person. So here's what I want to take, want you to take away with you uh, this morning. Be a spirit follower, spirit-filled follower of Jesus by giving thanks always and for everything. Be a spirit-filled follower of Jesus by giving thanks always and for everything. So let's look at our text here, and I want to show you a few things, uh, what the scripture teaches us from this. Number one, thankful people are spirit-filled people. As we've seen in the previous verses, uh, verses 19 uh, through 21, uh, they spell out the results of this being spirit-filled. And uh, what he says here, uh, verse 20, he says, if we're going to be a spirit-filled person, to be under the Spirit's uh, control, to be living under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit, then we will be thankful people. And we'll be giving thanks always and for everything, is what Paul says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we complain about anything, anything, when we complain about anything, we are not living under the Spirit's control because it's in direct connection to being Spirit-filled. So thankful people are Spirit-filled people. Secondly, give thanks always and for everything. Now notice the wording that Paul says here. Sometimes give thanks for most things. No. He says, give thanks, giving thanks always and for everything. I find it easier sometimes to give thanks sometimes and for most things. But to live this out, Paul commands us to give thanks always and for everything. 
Think about Paul and, and what he endured. You know, Paul actually lived this out and practiced this. Listen to what Romans 5, verses 3 through 5 says, what Paul said. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul was illegally beaten. He was imprisoned. He was put in the stocks while there. He sang praises to God. When he was imprisoned in Rome with the local believers that were slandering him, he wrote to the Philippians repeatedly mentioning his own thankfulness and joy and exhorting them to joy. Listen to what he says in Philippians, uh, says this in Philippians 1, 3 through 4, verse number 18, verse number 25, chapter 3, verse number 1, chapter 4, verse number 4, and also uh, verse number 10. So it should come at no surprise that when Paul was in encountering hardships and difficulties of life, I mean, imprisoned, illegally, beaten, being slandered, what was his attitude? He was thankful. He praised God. So why would Paul have to endure such mistreatment? You know, one of the lies and false teachings that is propagated today that if you are a follower of Jesus, that you won't have any problems. I think uh, Joel Olstein is a big proponent of that, how he teaches that if you are a follower of Jesus, that this is going to be your best life now. Well, I thought our best life is supposed to be in eternity, not now, okay? So... We as believers, we are going to encounter difficulties and trials and hardships of life. But what are we supposed to do with all that? We are supposed to be thankful always and for everything. Um, listen to what Paul endured as a follower of Jesus in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. This is Paul talking. This is what he said that he endured. He says, are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like I am out of my mind. I am even more so with much greater labors, with far more imprisonments, with far more severe beatings, facing death many times. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes, save one. So Paul was beaten uh, five times with a cat of nine tails. So 39 times five, how, many, how much is that? Where's my math? 195. Okay, so 195 scars that he had on his body. Five times received I, 40 lashes saved one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. And I don't believe that was a pool noodle. <laughs> Once I received a stoning. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I spent adrift in the open sea. I have been on journeys many times in dangers from rivers, in dangers from robbers, in dangers from my own countrymen, in dangers from Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the wilderness, in dangers at sea, in dangers from false brothers, 
In hard work and toil through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst many times without food, in cold and without enough clothing, apart from other things, so all of these problems, but apart from all these things, he says, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxious concern for all the churches. So shouldn't Paul have had a nice, luxurious condo overlooking the sea? I mean, all this stuff that he's endured? I mean, shouldn't that be what he should get? Instead, he's chained in a cold, stinking, gloomy Roman prison while all the time commanding us to always be thankful in all things. I want to help you this morning and, and teach you the importance of, of giving thanks always and in everything. What are we to do with tragedies? I mean, just this uh, past week, the governor of, of uh, New York signed the bill stating that if a mother wants to have an abortion up until the, the baby's birth date, uh, that baby can be aborted. Are we to give thanks to God for that always and in everything? Are we to be giving thanks for when a spouse dies or a child dies? Are we to give thanks when somebody gets a, uh, a life-threatening illness? Are we to give thanks for that? Are we to give thanks when somebody's house burns down? How do we, how do we, how do we handle that? Because Paul's command here is to give thanks and for everything. What about a molested child or rape or murder of a young woman? Do we give thanks for those things? Should we thank God when we hear about terrorists blowing up innocent people? Doesn't God himself hate sin? How can we thank him for it? Isn't mourning a more appropriate response than thankfulness? How do we filter all of this stuff through this command of what God says? Give thanks in everything and Always, always giving thanks in everything. How do we filter that? Well, I want to give you a few scriptures to help you piece this puzzle together. And I believe you should write these things down somewhere where you can reference them back, that you can remember them, especially when a tragedy or a difficulty happens, that it just seems like, how can I be thankful for that? Here they are. Number one, we should never thank God for the sin he hates. We should never thank God for the sin he hates. Psalm chapter 97, verse number 10 says, You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful followers. He delivers them from the power of the wicked. So we should never thank God for the sin he hates. We don't thank God for the bill that was signed uh, by the mayor to abort babies. We don't thank God for that. Secondly, scripture allows us to have times of weeping over tragedies. So when we're saying that we are thankful, we are not saying you should be happy about what just happened. We should mourn and weep. So if your spouse dies, your, your child dies, it's not that you are over there sitting by yourself with a big smile on your face. Oh, I'm so thankful this happened. That's not what scripture teaches us. 
The scripture teaches us here, Romans chapter 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Thirdly, and this is really, I believe, the key that helps us understand being thankful in the midst of tragedy. In the midst of weeping, we can recognize that even though God is not the author of evil, evil is being used as one of the all things in our life that God works together for good to those who know him. So God is actually taking the evil and using it for good in our life. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good, that those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And you know, just as a reminder, God uses all of these things, what he said in Romans 5, 3 through 5. He uses these trials to produce endurance, character, and hope in our lives. Why are so many people without hope in life? It's because their eyes are not fixed upon Christ. Even Christians... They live their life as if there's no hope in this world because their eyes are not fixed on Christ. Let me read the verses to you again. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it is in the midst of the trial that I am facing in life, it's in this midst of the trial that I'm in, that we can be thankful that God is using them to produce endurance, character, and hope. And that is what we are to be thankful for. We are to be thankful for the hope that he's producing. We are to be thankful for the character that he's building in us. We are to be thankful for the endurance that he's producing in us. That's what we are to be thankful for. So we don't go around thanking God that terrorists are blowing up buildings. But we thank God that he is using this in the midst. He's using this of all things to work out together for good. So that it might produce hope, endurance, and character in our life. You know, in reality, I find it harder for myself to be thankful in the minor frustrations and minute, minute Things that come into my life, I find it harder to be thankful for those things than the huge tragedies that happen in my life because I'm just, you know, I'm so self-centered. I'm, it's all about me. So when major trials hit, you know, I'm, I'm usually aware what God is doing in my life. But it's during those minute frustrations that come into our life, you know, little, little inconveniences that I tend to find myself not being thankful for. So God gives us this command here, give thanks always and for every thank. Let's look thirdly, give thanks by submitting to God the Father. Now notice what the text says. Look what he says in verse 20. He says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. Why would Paul write God the Father here? Why would he write we are to say, we are to give thanks to God the Father, not just God or the Lord, but why say God the Father? Why would he want us to give thanks to God the Father? Why is that so significant? 
Well, I believe our thanksgiving should be focused to someone, and in this case, it is God. But I believe this goes deeper than that because it's, it's, just, it's more than just being directed to someone. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 11. We're going to just kind of go through Ephesians here, and I want you to underline a few of these phrases here. So remember Ephesians chapter 1 through chapter 3. The big picture of who we are in Christ, everything that we are in Christ, our identity is found in him. God has blessed us in all these spiritual things, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 11. Mark these words. Look what he says here, okay? Ephesians 1, verse number 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestinated according to the purpose of him who works, notice this, all things according to the counsel of his will. Look again in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Look what he says here. And he puts, mark it, all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. And then we find here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 20, as what he says here, giving thanks always and for Everything, some other translations may read, all things. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And you say, so what does that have to do with God the Father? Because it is the Father who plans, the Father who has purposed, the Father who is, has allowed these things to happen in our lives. He permits all these things. Do you believe that God is sovereign? That he's in control of everything? If you believe that, then we should be giving thanks in submission to what God is doing, what God is permitting, what God is allowing to come into our lives. And so when we submit to God's sovereignty over our lives, meaning that all the things that are coming into my life are for my good and for his pleasure, it allows us to be thankful in all things because we are recognizing his rule over our lives. In Genesis, we read about a story about Joseph and what happened to him, how his brothers mistreated him, how they sold him into slavery, how he was taken into slavery and then he was put into Potiphar's house and how he was uh, accused falsely and then he was thrown into prison. He was forgotten while he was in prison. But then God worked all those things out for good to save his people from famine. Now Joseph could have been in prison because said, boy, uh, miserable deal this was. But he didn't. Scripture is very clear what Joseph did. You can read about that in Genesis uh, chapter number 50. Uh, Joseph sees his brothers again and he says to them, when he sees his brothers, the brothers that, that mistreated him, those brothers that, that sold him into slavery, this is what he says to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people. You see, our main source of comfort in any trial or major or minor is that our Father in heaven is sovereign over all. That's why I don't get when people try to take God out of the picture. 
God is the most foundational and fundamental part of your trial and difficulty in life. And so if you remove him out of the picture, you are removing what God is going to do in your life. When we give thanks, it should be done joyfully. And that's why this verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 19, is, is put in context with it. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, many times when we encounter trials, our sinful response is, why me? Why do I have frozen lettuce in my taco? Oh, the person in front of me didn't go on the yellow light. I have to sit here for 30 more seconds. Complain, complain, complain. McDonald's ice cream machine is broken again. All of these responses are rooted in pride because it's about you. We're thinking of ourselves more highly than we should. And we should be joyful in the midst of our thanksgiving to God. Why? Because God's reputation is at stake. If you are a follower of Christ, you should be joyfully submitting to the trials and difficulties that come into your life. Because others are watching your response. Paul adds one more thing to our thanks. Look what he says here. Fourthly, give thanks because of Jesus Christ. Now this is really the crowning jewel of it. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks because of Jesus Christ. Everything we are, that we will be, and enjoy in this life and the life to come is because of Jesus Christ. Let's refresh our memories here just briefly again. Let's turn back over to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. Look what he says. And you can mark it. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Who blessed us? Jesus Christ did. Look at verse uh, number four, even as he who, Jesus Christ, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Look at verse number five, he predestinated us to adoption through him. It says he predestinated us, who, Jesus Christ did. Look at verse number seven, chapter one, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Look at uh, verse number nine. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, in Jesus. Look at verse number 11. In him, who? Jesus. Also we have obtained an inheritance. Look at verse number 13. In him we have been sealed with this Holy Spirit of promise. So it's all in Jesus. It's all in him. Everything that you have, everything that you are going to be in Jesus Christ is because of him. It's not of your own doing. Nothing. That's what makes salvation so astonishing. Is that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You are lost without God. You are lost without hope. The wrath of God is abiding upon you. 
And when the revelation, there's a revelation of who you are, that you are sinful before the eyes of God. And when you have that revelation that you are sinful and you turn to Christ, he saves you, makes you a new person. And it's all of him. Nothing that you do. Nothing that I do. And so in our text here, in the name refers to everything that Jesus is and all that he has done for us. One Bible commentator put it this way. To thank God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ means that we thank him that Jesus was willing to leave the glory of heaven and come to die for our sins. So really our thankfulness is all tied back to the gospel of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And yet we complain about the, sm the most smallest, minute things in life. And we're not thankful. We're ungrateful people. Paul summed it up this way when he spoke of Jesus' death on the cross in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. He says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if anything, our thanksgiving should be a result of our salvation that is in Christ and how he saved us from sin. Be spirit-filled. Be a thankful believer. Be a thankful person always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together.